Good afternoon and welcome. This is The Crowded Booth. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside John Kuhn. Today we're going to be talking about and previewing the one of the two playoff semifinal games. This one is the Rose Bowl between Oklahoma and Georgia. Uh, but first off, if you've heard anything about The Crowded Booth and a little promo video we shot a couple weeks ago, uh, it's just basis of it is going to take place in booths near you, restaurant booths near you. It can be this booth right here in your own house, a booth at a friend's house, or it can be down at your local restaurant or diner. Uh, just bringing sports around you in the places that you love to watch it. Uh, so we're going to get things kicked off here. As you can follow us on all social media here at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Crowded Booth. Alongside, we just got an order of t-shirts in. And this is what they look like as my partner John's going to show them for you. Just a standard black t-shirt. They're $10 a piece, and you can follow us on Social media, after the show, we'll be posting them online and taking order requests. So getting into some of the information, uh, as you know, Monday afternoon, New Year's Day, as we enter the 2018 year and the calendar year, the Georgia Bulldogs will be taking on the Oklahoma Sooners in a battle in the Sugar Bowl, I'm sorry, in the Rose Bowl, and Alabama will be playing Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. Now that preview will be coming on later on in the week, but here we're just talking today about uh, Oklahoma and Georgia and Two teams that won both conferences, their respective conferences, Oklahoma winners of the Big 12 and Georgia winners of the SEC. And, uh, John, what can you say? Oklahoma's got a dynamic offense we've heard about all year and Georgia with that really stingy defense. Uh, some of the stats to go with uh, the Oklahoma-Georgia game. Oklahoma, one of the most uh, powerful offensive offenses in the uh, country, averaging 44.9 points per game. Uh, I believe that's number four in the country. Um, Georgia coming in at about 34, 34.3 points a game. The big thing with Oklahoma, the Big 12 used to be known for defense. Now they're known for power, uh, powerful offenses. Oklahoma does give up uh, 25 points a game, uh, in the, and Georgia is one of the stingiest defenses, giving up only 13.2 points a game. I believe they're ranked number four in the country uh, in that category. And if you look at the top four teams that uh, points allowed, three of those teams being Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia uh, are really the stingiest defenses in the country, and all three of those are in the final four for uh, the playoff game. And one thing to take a look at there is you talked about top four teams in the playoff, or top four team scoring defenses in, in the nation, and one of those included was Wisconsin, which could be a whole different kind of argument is Wisconsin uh, really till the last day uh, was not going to be in the playoff. But with those defenses, you're going to have to have a prolific offense if you're going to want to win that game. And, you know, people around the country are saying that Oklahoma probably has that kind of offense to be able to overcome defenses like Alabama, Clemson, and definitely Georgia, who they know they're going to have to face on January 1st. Uh, Baker Mayfield, obviously the 2017 Heisman Trophy winner, uh, despite all his, all his off-the-field antics, you could say probably one of the most dynamic players that college football has seen. Uh, I would probably say since you've seen, you know, the likes of Johnny Manziel, uh, Tim Tebow, the guy that can just take control of a game and really loves to bring on, um, loves to bring on the the motions of the game and big game situations is where he thrives. Uh, one of the things we were looking at before, a quick stat, is TCU was ranked in the top ten defensively, and Oklahoma actually played them twice. Um, Oklahoma played them once during the regular season and then in the Big 12 championship game and absolutely had their way with them. Mm -hmm. So Oklahoma, definitely an offense that can overcome that with Baker Mayfield and weapons all around him. You know, he lost some players last year to the draft in D.D. Westbrook and 
uh, P. Ryan, the running back that plays for the Redskins. So they lost some talent, but they were able to have new guys step up. And uh, those new guys, who exactly were those, the running back? Well like, well, like you say about Baker, I mean, his stats are pretty staggering. Uh, again, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. I mean, well, winner. For over 4,300 yards passing, 41 touchdowns to five interceptions. He also ran for 310 yards and another five touchdowns. You know, for that uh, eight to one ratio of touchdowns over interceptions, pretty impressive. Uh, he's got a good running back, uh, Anderson, uh, close to a thousand yards, had 11 touchdowns, and he um, almost had almost six yards per carry. Um, so, uh, Sermon, I believe is his name, the uh, other running back, about six yards a carry. He was coming in a little over 700 yards. Now he's got some big receivers, um, three of his top ones uh, each. Uh, one had six, one had eight, one had seven touchdowns, all of them around 900, 700, over 700 yards apiece. He's got a lot of weapons. Uh, whether or not that's going to be something that he can match up against Georgia, we're, we won't know until we get there. But um, definitely interesting to see what he can do against uh, Georgia when it comes Monday. Yeah, definitely. You're going to have a guy in there that, like we said, loves the pressure, loves the big game situation. And he's one of those guys that he's kind of unpredictable. You know, Georgia doesn't has really had much of a pass rush consistently throughout the year. You saw in big games they were able to turn it up. Notre Dame, for uh, instance, that game in, uh, up there in South Bend, able to get really two big uh, strip sacks that really won the game for Georgia. The defense really won the game, was able to control Notre Dame. Uh, then you look again to the Auburn game, the second one, uh, the, SEC the SEC championship. Georgia's able to go. <laughs> After getting scored on, not really moving the ball, the offense sputtering a little bit due to a very good Auburn defense, one that, in my opinion, is is better than Oklahoma's. We're going to get that to that in a little bit later on. But they were able to come back, and as Auburn's driving down the field, if you remember, Davin Bellamy strips Jarrett Stidham in what could have been a completely game-changing touchdown. They go up 14 to nothing. Instead, Georgia gets the ball and drives right down the field and ties it up. Right. Uh, Auburn does not score again. So it's plays like that that – you see, Georgia has the ability to step up in those big situations, but are we going to be able to get enough pass rush, consistent pass rush? And I think it really comes down to um, Davin Bellamy and, and Lorenzo Carter, those outside guys. Can they contain Baker Mayfield? What are they able to do? Because Mayfield's the kind of guy, even when you try to contain him, he's got enough talent. He's going to get, get his what his is. The Heisman Trophy guy is going to get the yards. He's probably going to put up big numbers. That's one thing Georgia's just going to have to be able to live with and probably try to eliminate the really big plays. Well, they're definitely going to have to slow him down. I mean, you're not going to stop Oklahoma completely from scoring. I mean, like you say, 44 points a game. Um, to me, it's a numbers game. You know, um, Coach Smart is a disciple of Nick Saban. Plus, Coach Smart did all the defenses for Alabama. And one of the big things Alabama used to do when they would play in these big games is they would have the ability for their four defensive linemen to take care of the five offensive linemen, keep them busy, and be able to contain the quarterback as much as possible. Now, if we can do that, if we can have our four guys against their five and then have Roquan be out there to mirror Mayfield wherever he goes, then the numbers game gets in Georgia's favor because if all of that happens, that means you still have six defensive players to keep up with these five running backs or receivers that Oklahoma has. Um, that's a big... Um, test for Georgia to do. Can it be done? I think it can. Um, we'll just have to see if, you know, like you say, Mayfield is a a unique player. Once he gets out of the pocket, he's very quick, um, very strong. Uh, what is he, 6'2", 220, mm -hmm. 225, big guy. 
But, you know, you get the Heisman Trophy candidate, or ha I'm sorry, the Heisman Trophy winner versus your Butkus Award winner. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be a big key to the game. If the defensive line can do their job and somehow maintain him, keep him in the pocket as much as possible, and when he does escape, if Roquan can be right there, I think Georgia's um, chances increase for them to stop them at least a few times. Yeah, definitely. Georgia's, and we'll get to this a little bit later on with the offensive side of the ball for them, but Georgia's definitely going to have to control the clock and limit the amount of times Baker Mayfield gets the ball because when he gets the ball, odds are he's going to be able to put it in the end zone. He's just that good. He's the kind of guy that makes a team around him that good. Uh, so that's like really the biggest matchup I think everyone's excited to see. Probably one of the most exciting matchups in all of the bowl games across the board. Maybe, probably, maybe even, you know, being above the trilogy of the Alabama Clemson, the third game. We, it seems like they play all the, all the time. But Oklahoma's number one defense versus Georgia's arguably the best defense, but definitely top five defense in the nation. Uh, like you said, Raquan Smith, the Buckus Award winner. If, if they can get him mirroring, mirroring on uh, Baker Mayfield, that, that's going to be tough. And and honestly, the speed, one thing I remember uh, Brandon Winbush, the quarterback from Notre Dame, talked about, if you heard his postgame comments and playing, you know, Notre Dame, although they, you know, sputtered there towards the end with after getting blown out by Miami, which is, that was just really tough to come back, back from. They were a very good team at the beginning of the season. Definitely turned around. Not that 4-8 and eight team that we saw last year, you know, right. definitely – finishing in, in the top 25, so that's big. But with Brandon Wimbush being able to do that, uh, with what he did against Georgia and still coming out saying they played with a speed like we have not seen before. You can't replicate that in practice. One thing, too, and, uh, and you may be bringing this up later, I think a stat that, that of course, got him the Buckets Award winning winner is I don't believe he missed, I mean, I think single digits in tackles. Once he, Roquan, got his hands on you, you were pretty much down. Yeah, and that's one thing we've seen from Georgia is the transition. If you look at a lot of different things from Mark Rick to Kirby Smart, you know, as being the Georgia, you know, fans that we are and trying to be impartial about, but you have to say watching Georgia from the Mark Rick era to now and just the different defensive style play, obviously more physical, mm -hmm. seemed to be better conditioned as well uh, during the late season run, but also just better form tackling. Right. Uh, not trying to just hit, guy, hit a guy with a shoulder pass. You see Raquan Smith, he can – you know, knock the living daylights out of you with a shoulder pad, but he's also going to be able to wrap up in the open field. And those open field tackles we've seen over and over again uh, throughout the season. I know there were a bunch of them in the big game versus Mississippi State at Sanford Stadium uh, in that game, this second Auburn game. And you saw the Auburn game that Georgia played in Auburn. Um, <coughs> that one is one, kind of, in my opinion, one of those hard-to-replicate environments. Uh, being there at that game, Auburn was up for it. You know, they – their playoff started that week. Mm -hmm. After they lost that LSU game, that's when their playoff started. You know, they knew they had those big games circling the schedule and knew if they could get back to the SEC championship, they were probably going to face another top 10, top 5 Georgia team once again. Right. So they were able to do that, and they were able to – they played very well, and you saw Georgia had some uncharacteristic mistakes. And that's one thing that we'll have to see. Does Baker Mayfield's emotion – can he get into the heads of Georgia players? How disciplined does Kirby Smart have these guys? Uh, we, one thing that you've seen – Kirby Smart preached all years discipline and toughness and speed and quickness, and they've done that all well. Kind of came apart a little bit in that uh, Auburn game at Jordan-Hare, but that's one thing to be seen. On a neutral field, probably will not have that same environment they'll be playing as, and as I know, especially this year, Dog mm -hmm. Nation has traveled very well. But that defense versus offense matchup is going to be huge. Going to be huge, and it's going to set the tone. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see if Georgia's offense does start out slow, which – 
you know, you hate to say it, that that sometimes do that even if they are uh, playing against an overmatched defense. Mm -hmm. Sometimes tend to start out slow, shoot themselves in the foot. How long can that Georgia defense, which is very good, but any defense can't hold a team off for that long if the offense isn't doing anything. And that transitions right into offense, which um, I, I hate that everyone seems to think that Jake Fromm can't win that big game or can't throw that big pass. But I think in that Auburn game in the SEC championship, he showed us that he's able to bounce back. And you usually don't see that from a 19-year-old freshman. No, he's, he's, he's very uh, confident. I mean, you know, everybody talks about when he was younger, uh, growing up where he did, and he was in the Little League World Series when he was 12. Mm -hmm. And playing where he did, um, taking his high school teams to playoff every year and having outstanding numbers. Um, coming into Georgia, you know, of course, uh, got his chance at the, after the first game. And, and, you know, people talk about him being a freshman. Well, he is a freshman by class, by grade, but he's already played 12, 13 football games by now. So he's really not a freshman anymore. He's, he's closer to being a, uh, you know, a two-year guy because after all that experience, all the teams that he's seen um, and, and the way he's handled himself, you know, 21 touchdowns, only five interceptions, 63% uh, completion. He threw for over 2,100 yards. Um, you know, you could say he's a he's managing the team. He has he has a great, I mean, slew of running backs that all he has to do is turn around and hand them the ball. Uh, Chubb, 11, almost 1,200 yards. Um, Michelle, almost 1,000 yards. And even the young guy, uh, Swift, he's close to 600 yards. And between those three, they've got 29 um, of the 36 touchdowns that they had rushing this year. Mm -hmm. And all of them average better than six yards per carry. And that's, that's the big thing for Georgia this year. There's always a question about their offensive line. Could they be physical enough to push those guys um, so that the running backs could get those yardage? Like you say, in the Auburn game, the first Auburn game, they weren't getting the push. The defensive line for Auburn was pushing Georgia's offensive line around. Um, so, you know, it's going to be time management, I think, with Georgia's offense. Um, the time of possession has got to be in their favor. They can't let Baker Mayfield run up and down the field on them. Because, you know, he, I don't know what the average scoring drive for Oklahoma is, but I'm pretty sure it's um, less than what Georgia's uh, – Mm -hmm. Average is. Yeah, Georgia has that more methodical drive down the field. <coughs> They're going to run the ball, come off some play action where Baker Mayfield loves that run pass option. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to try to get the ball quickly. They're going to run up to the line. Kind of what we've seen with Gus Malzahn's offense and Auburn. If they have a play that has success, they're going to get up the line and try to just quickly catch the defense off guard. Yep. And I think that's one thing you've seen as uh, <coughs> I know we're leaning a lot towards Georgia here and what they have to do, but Georgia has played a, it's what it seems like a lot of spread offenses, even Appalachian State playing them and their quarterback who is a four-year starter, knows the offense, uh, a Georgia native. And so they, they've seen that in Notre Dame. They've seen the run option with Nick Fitzgerald and also um, Jarrett Stidham, who's probably one of the best quarterbacks they've played True. for made some amazing throws. So that'll yeah. be interesting. One guy to keep watch for for Oklahoma, that's the linebacker Emmanuel Beal. He has 50 total tackles on the year, so he's a force to be reckoned with. Um, six tackles for loss interceptions. Now, in Oklahoma, one thing to keep in mind that can be a game changer is they are not the kind of team that is going to be able to get takeaways often. They only have eight takeaways all year. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Georgia doesn't have that many, but they seem like they do, you know, with the whole Savage and the pads, it seems right. like every game. But they have, kind of have a knack for, knack for getting one in big moments. Right. Like, At the, right know, the Notre Dame game, the 
the Auburn game in Atlanta at the SEC Championship. And I think the key for them to get in Atlanta is going to be able to force Baker Mayfield into some decisions, maybe some rashes he doesn't want to do. You're going to have to force him to do something he doesn't want to do because, I mean, and the truth is if he's going to have time in the pocket, if we can't, if Georgia can't get to him, uh, those those defensive backs can only cover for so long, and then you got to worry about him running the ball. Right. And if our defensive line, like you said, the four guys up front, if Georgia can't, fill those gaps and let Raquan Smith flow freely, which he's done all year. The defensive line led by Trenton Thompson and John Atkins have done a great year, great job all year of doing right. that. That's when Baker Mayfield starts to get his mojo going, and it's gonna, it, it could be lights out pretty early for the dogs in Pasadena. Uh, but looking at, yeah, looking at the, the offense for Georgia versus that defense, Oklahoma comes in not even in the top 50 um, yeah. for rushing de- defense. They're ranked, I think, 68th in the nation in rushing defense. So, that's one thing that Georgia's fans' eyes light up about because Georgia arguably has the best rushing attack, the best two-headed monster now, right. three-headed monster with DeAndre Swift, the freshman, emerging. Uh, like you said, he all of them averaging over uh, over six yards, six yards per yeah. carry. And one stat that I loved I saw the other day was at the top 15 backs in the nation who have more 20-plus yard carries, all three Georgia guys are in there, Swift, Chubb, and Michelle. And that's mm-hmm. one thing you got to love is – the home run threat ability. You know, Nick Chubb looks good. I mean, he, right. for the first time since that ugly energy, uh, injury at uh, Neyland Stadium against Tennessee two years ago, mm-hmm. he looks completely healthy, and that's got to make not only Georgia fans proud, but also those pro scouts uh, proud that will be in Pasadena right. watching that yeah. game. You get to Sonny Michelle and break him down. Probably, in my opinion, Nick Chubb's going to be a great back, a good back in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, more than serviceable back in the NFL. Oh, yeah. But Sonny Michelle's going to be the kind of guy you can put in. He's an every-down guy. Uh, going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, which is going to be huge. Then you get to DeAndre Swift, and we're only scratching the surface of what I think he has. Is uh, no, In fact, he's got the largest average. He's yeah, eight, eight, over 8.2. eight yards a carry. Yeah, 8.2 carries, only three touchdowns. But if you saw that run, I think they've replayed it over and over again, the highlights of the playoff, the run that he had against Auburn in the SEC championship game. I mean, he was picking them up and putting them down. He is some, he's lightning fast and strong. Yes, I, I, he's probably the fastest of the all three backs. and. Uh, Michelle, though, too, you've seen him throughout the year. I think um, uh, little plays, little quick hitters, all of a sudden he's into the defensive backfield and he's gone 60, 75 yards. I think he did that against Florida, um, you know, big runs that he's had. That's going to be the thing. Another thing, too, that I think will be um, that people may not be paying attention to from can run the ball mm-hmm. when he has to. That read option has gotten some guys sometimes. Now, Georgia doesn't do that a lot, but if he ever – it's like he gets those six, seven, eight yards when we really need it. Um, so, And I know that's a decision that he has to make. I don't know if it's a predetermined, hey, I'm going to keep the ball, make it look like a read, or if he's really reading it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that. But, but he – that's something I think maybe that they're not – they may not be paying attention to. Um, you know, and I don't know about Oklahoma's, uh, like I said before, Oklahoma years ago when I was your age, uh, they were known for defense. The Big 12 was known for defense and running the ball. Totally different now. They're high-powered offenses. They throw it all around the field. Um, defense may be a little subject, just like we've said, but they're not in the top 50 in points allowed. So that's the thing. Georgia's going to have to, to – what I would think, they're going to have to pound the ball with those running backs. They're going to have to take time off the clock because you know Baker can score, like I said, quickly. I mean, he can dish it out. 
so if Georgia goes over the maybe 34, 35, 36 minute time where they're keeping that ball, and Mayfield's going to get his points, Oklahoma's going to get his points, but if Georgia can keep positive um, with keeping the ball, doing those long drives, wearing that defensive da defense down, by the fourth quarter you may see those long runs by Swift or Michelle because the defense will be so give out by that time. And I think that's what happened to Auburn's defense there yeah. at the end. I mean, a 28-7 to victory, that's a, that's a three-touchdown victory. Right. But it's not essentially what we would think is a blowout. You know, Auburn fans say the 40-17 game was a blowout. That seems more like a yeah. blowout. But when you think, and if you were watching that game, Auburn's defense was tired. The, Georgia's defense was thoroughly dominating Stidham. And, you know, obviously there was the issue of on Johnson not being completely healthy. But the, having Georgia's defense play that well really made open up the offensive run game and then allowed them to just run freely. And that defense could not get off the field. That mm -hmm. was a really big issue for them. And Auburn's defense is one of the top 15 defenses in the country as well, so they're oh, yeah. not too shabby no. out there as well. And they, you know, there's the whole idea they were playing beat up. But taking all that aside, I think that goes a long way. If, if Georgia can continue to get positive momentum, get a couple stops on defense, and really pound the ball. <coughs> I'm not saying this is one of those games that Jake Fromm, like the Florida game, where he's only going to have to throw eight passes. Right. But, you, I mean, as a Georgia fan, I don't care. You wouldn't care. I mean, if he's only got to throw eight passes because you're just thoroughly dominating the run game and controlling the time of possession, then you'll take that and head to Atlanta. I mean, you, you go back to what Coach Smart said. Yeah, I remember when he was interviewed at halftime of the SEC championship game, and the, the, the a reporter asked, you know, what do you got to do? here in the second half coach to, you know, win this game. And what he's talked about, like you've said before, physicality. Uh, you know, he's got to get his players in this mindset that, hey, we are big enough, we are bad enough, and we can push these guys off the ball. And after over time, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball too, like we've talked about, they've got, them, they've got to keep those offensive linemen from Oklahoma busy. Those four guys have got to keep them um, just, you know, with stunts, um, whatever they've got to do to fill the gaps, um, to make trouble right there. It's got to be about the physicality. It's got to be, I mean, Georgia, you know, you hate, it's kind of cliche to say, and you can go back in time and people have probably said the same thing. Georgia's got to run the ball, which I think they can. They've got to do the play action pass, you know, put Fromm in situations where he's going to, you know, it may be early in the game that, I mean, uh, Coach may just get out there and he may be throwing first first play of the game, he may be throwing a pass just to get himself in the game and comfortable. So um, it's rush, rush, rush for Georgia. They they keep the clock, the time of possession, stop Baker Mayfield once or twice a game. I, I think they come out victorious. Yeah, Georgia definitely has the ability to win this game, as does Oklahoma. Oklahoma, like you're talking about, those wide receivers. It's not like Baker Mayfield's the only guy on the field. Those yeah. wide receivers, each close to 1,000 yards. Right. So definitely some weapons over there for the Sooners. That's Marquise Brown, who had 49 receptions and um, 981 yards. So just a couple yards shy of 1,000 on the year. 20-yard average. Yeah. His, his you know, mate on the other side is sitting there at 906. That's uh, Mark Andrews. So Oklahoma definitely has the ability to win this game. It's just I think it's going to come down, like you said, if Georgia physically dominates Oklahoma at the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a bad line of scrimmage. That's what the game at Auburn was. Mm -hmm. Auburn dominated the line of scrimmage, dominated in the trenches, and they beat Georgia. Uh, that's what you saw in Oklahoma. Now, 
Um, that's what you saw Oklahoma and Ohio State. And they've taken some, you know, as we are starting to wrap up here, taking a look at some common opponent, opponents. You would say the closest thing I would say Georgia's played is of a pass-heavy offense is probably going to be Missouri. You know, Drew Locke and company there, you know, Missouri is what it is. is They just lost to Texas in a bowl game and not the strongest of teams in the SEC. But you know, being at that game and watching that game, Drew Locke had success through the air. Yeah, He had success through the air against Georgia, and that was one of the concerns all year is that secondary. You know, we knew the front seven was good. But how are those back – those guys in the defensive backfield, how are they going to be able to match up, whether it's Dominic Sanders, uh, J.R. Reed? Um, Aaron Davis, how this going to be able to match up against these elite receivers for Oklahoma and some of the best in the Big 12 and some of the best in the country? I think it's going to come down to that. If, Like I said, Georgia can't get that pass rush. It's really going to be on those guys and see what they can do. Uh, on the opposite side of the ball, it's going to be on those defensive guys in the trenches for Oklahoma. If, if they step up their game, and, you, and you, this is not to say that you know Georgia's going to go in there and manhandle them, but as the track sure record shows all year, excited. they'll be pretty yeah. excited to play an yeah. SEC team. As we've heard antics, you know, in the past when Bob Stoops was there, how he didn't think the SEC was all that, and you know, uh, they have Lincoln Riley now there, who is the head coach, and you know, Riley spoke really highly of Jake Fromm and mm -hmm. company, and he said, you know, we really respect Jake Fromm and think, like you said, he's not really a freshman anymore, having started twelve to thirteen games, and, right. And also, he's played an SEC slate, which after you get through that gauntlet, and you're not really a freshman anymore, yeah. uh, even though he may be in his freshman year. Yeah. So him having that success, and Lincoln Riley was able to acknowledge that, say, we still know they're going to want to run the ball. You know, Jordan, that's not going to be a secret when they get in uh, to the Rose Bowl mm -hmm. on Monday afternoon at five o'clock Eastern. Uh, Georgia's going to want to run the ball and set the tempo. They're going to do. They're going to play their game, and Oklahoma is going to want to play their game. And I think it's just going to be the matchup of. Which team is not going to allow uh, the other team to play the way they want to play? I'm sure uh, Coach Riley from Oklahoma is probably, if it was me and I was in his shoes, I would want to stop the run. I would do everything I could to you know, put eight, nine men in the box and make the freshman beat you. Uh, because Georgia, everything that Georgia does is off the run. Um, you know, play action pass. Um, if, if you've got a back... If you've got these trio of backs that are running four, five, six, seven, eight yards at a time, and then you do the play-action pass and the linebackers are all up, it's an easy little pop over the top to a tight end or somebody running a drag across the middle. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, too, was, you know, I remember when uh, Georgia was playing Auburn in the first game. At halftime, it was not out of reach. I believe the score was maybe, what, 16 to 7? 16 to 7. 16 to 7. If this happens again to Georgia, if, the, if they're down, you know, 7, 10 points at halftime, one of the things I saw in that Auburn game, there was really no adjustment. There was nothing that – it's like they didn't go in at halftime and say, hey, carry on is killing us. We've got to stop him somehow. Mm -hmm. Or we've got to put more pressure on Stidham. You know, we've got to be more physical with our offensive line. They didn't make the adjustment there, and the game got out of hand. If this should happen again, if Oklahoma goes in 17 to 10, 20 to 10, 21 to 14 at halftime, and Baker Mayfield is running all over the place, they've got to be able to make adjustments and, and figure out something to do to stop him and slow him down. Uh, that's one of the big things I hope that Georgia can do. Uh, like you say, um, again, can Oklahoma's defense stop the rush? 
I'm sure they're going to be geared up to to mm -hmm. want to. They've been practicing for a month. It's they've been, been practicing about, for about a, a month. month. I'm sure they've heard the name Chubb, <laughs> Michelle, Swift uh, a million times, and then they're going to do their best to stop them. So, if I'm Riley, that's what that would be my game plan: stop the run, make the freshman beat you. Yeah, and then and you know one last thing about those adjustments: <laughs> if if they do get in halftime down by even 14. You know, does Mel Tucker and Kirby Smart, do they come in and say, okay, Baker Mayfield's killing us. This is a lot more than we expected. I don't expect for them to get completely overwhelmed. You know, past Georgia teams, probably so. I think this Georgia defense is good enough to make in-game adjustments. Mm -hmm. um, that's what they were able to do in some other games that they were, they were kind of close to the Notre Dame game, for example, which I know it's kind of hard to compare those two, but if you know you're an Oklahoma fan, it's kind of hard to compare that same Oklahoma team to the one that beat Ohio State uh, back in uh, early September. Um, they dominated that game, and I think it's going to be honestly the best bowl game of the bowl season, excluding the national championship, uh, between two very different styles of football. You know, you've heard it. The Big Twelve is that pass-heavy, let's run up the score, throw for. 4,000 yards on a season, and mm -hmm. the very physical, and what Kirby Smart says and what Nick Saban says, it's hard to run the football in the SEC. And when you've got a team coming out in the SEC champion, that's Georgia, <coughs> and rush for a collective over 3,000 yards, you know you're doing something yeah. right. So I think that's one of the things, and uh, I think the only thing we have left is uh, your prediction and who's your key player. Uh, I think you got to go back. Uh, you know, I think the Georgia running backs are going to do what they do. I think Fromm is going to have to probably throw the ball 20, 25 times a game. Um, but my biggest thing is you got to stop the Heisman Trophy winner. And I think your biggest guy is going to be um, number three sitting in the middle. Your uh, Roquan Smith, uh, he's going to have to have an MVP performance just like he did in the SEC championship game. If he takes care of business, if he takes care of Baker, if he, know, if he, if he lets Baker know, Hey, I'm gonna be here all night long. Um, I think that's I think that's the biggest point. You know, like I say, Oklahoma's gonna score their points. I'm looking at about a, I'll say 34 to 28 Georgia. We might have to kick a couple of field goals. Yeah, and that's where it comes in Rodrigo, who is a, a folklore up there in Athens, and they love him with the goggles and the rec specs. Uh, I think my key player. I'm gonna cheat and have two of them. I think one of them is going to be Miko Hardman, number four, the return man and receiver for Georgia. He's a guy kind of like Isaiah McKenzie last year for Georgia, a spark plug, a guy they can put anywhere and really uh, do well. If he can set Georgia up in some nice field position, that's yeah. really going to help. Uh, if he can make some plays with from the, you know, a screen pass, he's got the speed and lateral quickness to get up the field quick. Uh, my other guy is going to be a tandem of two of them. That's going to be Carter and Bellamy off the edge. If they can seal that edge and allow, allow your guy, Raquan Smith, to flow freely and make some tackles, I think it's going to be a long night for Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. uh, my score prediction, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to say 28-24. Uh, Georgia scores a late touchdown after a methodical drive to advance to Atlanta where uh, we're going to preview that next game here in a couple of days between Alabama and Clemson. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, this has been The Crowded Booth. Once again, follow us on all social media uh, at The Crowded Booth. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, this show, you can find this on Facebook as well. We'll put a little promo on Instagram. Here's our shirt right here. If you would like to purchase one, $10 a piece, you can send a, a DM to any of the accounts, and uh, we can hook you up. Uh, the audio for this can found, be found on anywhere you can find podcasts, whether that's SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, and we thank you for joining
uh, the crowded booth. Until next time, this has been Bryce Kuhn and John Kuhn previewing one of the college football playoff matchups. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Are we done?